Welcome to Nerd Girls Take on the World. I'm Mo. I'm Jen. And we're two women bringing you our take on all things geek, nerdy, and pop culture. Yay! How is how have you been doing, Mo, with everything <laughs> going on? Um, pretty good, you know. Uh, I've just working from home sucks. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not enjoying working from home so much, especially because. It's just the environment as well, you know. It's not just the working from home; it's the working on home from home on top of everything else. So I'm over it. <laughs> I'm a little over it as well. I know um, I happen to work for a university, and so one of the things that they have to consider is how many people they can let back on campus at any one point in time. Because as you know, universities get very crowded very quickly. And they pretty much told me this week, you'll be among the last group we let back because you can do all your job from home. And um, yeah, and I'm like, no, (laughs) I want out. I want to see people. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. So, but you know safer at home so it is it's safer at home and we hope all of you are staying safe at your homes um and that you're abiding all of your local um regulations regarding you know going out and about and um you know this this situation's no joke guys and we we like you guys being safe yeah exactly so let's just all do our part Let's all do yeah. our part yeah so well, what are we what are we drinking tonight jen well i am drinking um a Red peach ale, uh, which is pretty good. I love peach. Um, I'm usually not always a fruity person, you know, drinking a lot of fruity drinks, but it's been hot. Right. In Southern California. <laughs> so peach ale, just it's just really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's We've had some 90-degree weather this week, so it has been very warm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm drinking a, an Angry Orchard because... Basic bitch, and I like ciders. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a basic bitch. I respect okay. that. Yeah. So, what have you been? Uh, what what nerdy things have you been doing this week, Jen? Uh, lots of RPGing. So <laughs> much RPGing. So you know, we're all stuck inside. Um, my friends have been uh doing this. Uh, we called it uh six and six. It was six different types of games in six weeks. So we've been just running every week a different game, like every week. And so uh, this week I ran a game. It was my first time to run one of these games. I ran a, uh, I called it a bastardized X-Files game because it was an X-Files game, but there is actually not really a game system out for X-Files. So I just borrow from other game systems and said, here, here's our game. Bam. And, and everyone seemed to have fun with it. And um and then uh, I tried Traveler for the first time today, which that's an old, 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 old game system <laughs> that I didn't even know existed. So um, we tried that for the first time and kind of did that with a little bit of an expanse Firefly feel. And, um, it, was, it was fine. It was fun. You know, it was, uh, it was very... I feel like it was a little too dungeon crawly for me, but again, it was a one shot game, so that's part of why it was a little too dungeon crawly. But otherwise, it was fine. It was we 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 had a good time, and I think um, next week we're doing Star Wars, and uh, then after that is a 
a Game of Thrones. I'm running a Game of Thrones one, which <laughs> God help me. I'm like, I've never looked. I haven't even cracked open the book yet. I'm supposed to be putting this game on. I'm like, well, we're going to see what happens. So uh, I actually finally got my roommates to sit on watch what we do in the shadows with me. Because <gasps> oh, yes. the TV series. Well, they've seen the movie. But oh, okay. the TV series is what they hadn't said. And I've been, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's and you got to watch it because we were like, this would be so fun to run as a game. <laughs> Just these totally out of touch, out there vampires being weirdos, <laughs> running around like yeah, not understanding how the world works anymore. Nope. Like it would, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I mean, you have to have the, the right players for that because you, you, it's not serious. Can't take it yeah. seriously. No. And I, that would be all the fun is just go and be a campy, crazy vampire. I think it'd be fun. I love Taika Waititi's uh, vampire in the original movie. I just want Viago. Yeah, I just want to hug him because I'm like, oh, darling. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, oh, darling. Although I, I, I love um, uh, Jermaine Clement's uh, vampire too, um, and the Beast. The Beast. Oh my god! <laughs> I died. I died. I'm like I, I I somehow knew it. I knew like this this horrible rival of his would be like his ex. I knew it. Right? Oh yeah. God if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, listeners, you have to go watch it. Oh Ta- you have to. Yeah. Taiga Watiti is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. it's 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 a fun, campy vampire movie and it is just great. Yeah. And and it's just it's very New Zealand. It's very campy. It's very Taika Waititi. If if it's you love so any fun. of his stuff, you need to go and watch this movie. And if you love vampire movies, you yeah. should definitely watch this. It's a great, it's a va- great vampire movie. movie. <laughs> and we love vampire movies, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually a really good vampire movie, I've got to mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, it's just fun. But. Yeah. Um, so topic this week we decided to talk about uh well our one of our friends actually kind of challenged us yes. <laughs> he was like talk about your favorite three nerd things and it's like dude we're gonna say like the same thing if we just go in there yes. with our top threes so we decided to just make a list of the things we like yeah because there's gonna be a lot of overlap but yeah we're, we're gonna talk about some of our favorite fan things and then we're gonna talk about some of the things that everybody else seems to like and we don't yes so this podcast is really born out of we had some topics but we didn't feel like talking about those things. <laughs> yeah. There there's a lot of realness happening in in the world right now uh-huh. and and let's let's kind of take a step back and just let's be let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Just like have some takes on some some stuff and just, yeah. just run with it. So I mean, in terms of shared, like things we know we share. Like, the first thing I thought of was, oh, Marvel. Like, yeah. that's the one thing I know, like... The MCU is... Yeah. And then, to make it even worse, both of us just love Cap. Yeah. Cap <laughs> is our favorite. <laughs> like, everyone else is like, oh, I love Thor. And don't get me wrong. Yo, Chris Hemsworth's got that shirt off, and I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you and me, we're the big Cap fangirls over here. Yep. So. so, yeah, we both knew, like, come on. Marvel's gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Harry Potter. Yes. We both like Harry Potter. Yes. The books and the movies, although yeah. the movies are 
not I, I don't love them as much as the books. Yeah. But I, I appreciate them. Yeah. I'm glad we got the and to be fair, the movies are what introduced me to the books. Yeah. I on a whim, I was like, What's this Harry Potter thing? Let's go watch the movie. And then I was like, Hey, that was kinda of fun. Oh, there's books. Let's read them. And then I was like, Oh my god, I love these books. I know. <laughs> I was the same exact way. I, was, I think I watched the well, no, to be fair, I watched the first movie at a party while drunk. <laughs> And so the next, and I didn't remember it. The next day, I watched it laying on my couch, hungover. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this movie's not so bad. This was not what I thought it was." And then I read the books, and then it was a thing. Um, there's many, many stories involving me being drunk in Harry Potter for some bizarre reason. <laughs> so I really couldn't tell you why, but there are. Um, so I mean, that's a shared one. We both like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the those are the big shared, yeah, you know. Oh, we both like uh, our um role playing, yeah, but like RPGs. Jet, I think you're more of a LARP person, and I like tabletop a lot. Uh, not or, anymore. Are you getting more? I'm much more tabletop than I am LARP. <laughs> are you? Oh, yes, okay. Although, actually, um, I know I, I actually really enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, and you're not a big. Yeah, well, that's when we get to things we don't like, that's on the list. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, I have all my th- things that I'm passionate about, things that are my jam. White Wolf, which I know you like. Yep. So. Yeah, well, that's how we met. We yeah, met we at met. a Vampire of the Masquerade we, LARP. That's how we met, was playing White Wolf games. So, yep. um, so yeah, it's that's, uh, that's like a huge shared. Jen's even got another podcast. I have a whole other podcast. Just about White Wolf. Just about Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> so if you're into RPGs and like vampires and or the White Wolf universe, go listen to Podcast by Night. Go find it. It's me and my friend John talking about all the vampireness. <laughs> Who doesn't want to play as a vampire? I have played so as fun. many vampires, but my favorite was a nun. Because so. <laughs> Daphne Pickner was terrifying. She was. It, okay, listeners, you don't understand. I am the nicest person <laughs> when you meet me. I am just this happy, okay. friendly person. The first time I met Jen was in character, and she was this terrifying vampire nun who was so serious and so scary. I had a stick. <laughs> and a habit. And a habit. And, and, and whenever, whenever uh, I would get irritated in character, I'd stop tapping the stick <laughs> against my hand or against uh. something. And people were like, oh my god, she's going to beat me with it. I'm the nicest person. Yeah, you are, but you played a great intimidating <laughs> vampire nun. Everyone's like, I still remember meeting you. You were so scary. I'm like, I, I, how am I scary? <laughs> what they really mean is Daphne Pictor is scary. Daphne Pictor is scary. Because <laughs> she was. She was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so White Wolf is uh is one of the shared um the shared jams we have. Yep. But um you know those are those are the things we both in, we both agree we like together. Yeah. What are the thi- what are some of the things you like? What are your main nerd like jams? What really gets what really gets you going, Mo? So, let's see. I I kind of had to like break this up. So, for books, I am obsessed with the Dresden Files series. 
I'm so excited that two new books are coming out this year because I was dying. I don't know how you George R. R. Martin fans do it because Jim Butcher went like three years in between one book. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. It's been so many years. I'm just like, we may never get an ending. You know what? Betty and Weiss, that might be the only ending we get, guys. Better go write your fanfic. And let me tell you, I have read so many fanfics that were so way better than the shit we got on TV. Yeah, so I, I love Dresden Files. Um, I'm eventually <laughs> playing a Dresden Files game because we finally, me and a group of my friends finally got one going, and then COVID happened. So yeah, with it, it's one of there are certain games that are totally fine to play online. Um, but I've, I think especially because we're also new to Dresden, it's a little harder to play it online and everything so yeah we're just gonna wait until we can all meet in person again so what is it about dresden that you like because dresden is not something i enjoy as much um so dresden files is a it's an urban fantasy i like the urban fantasy aspect i like the take Mm -hmm. that jim butcher took on it um it's it's a good i really also like the progression of jim butcher as an author especially like (laughs) if you read the dresden files please people give them a chance i the first two books are shaky they're good, but you can tell that they're not mm-hmm. great. But oh my god, book three and on, he just the progression of this guy as an author is amazing. His storytelling gets a lot, and the world building is really great. The the bringing it into a modern you know life with wizards and vampires, and because you know you got loves and and I love the vampires because so the vampires have different courts. You've got like the white court and the black court and the red court, and like. The, the white court are the succubus incubus vampires. So, you know, they, they drain the energy and you got the red court, which are your classic bat-type vampires in disguise. And so they're real fun because they're super evil. And then you've got the uh, black court vampires, which are kind of zombie-esque, but also a la Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And that they're kind of like rotting and gross and... And then he's also got the um, the fairy courts going on in there. So you've got winter and summer happening and, and all these mythical creatures. And it's it's a lot of fun. It it really is just a lot of fun. It's a fun story. And it's about this guy trying to, like, do what he can do. And I like that in the beginning, Harry Dresden is just this average dude. Like, I'm just trying to live. He's mostly broke, and he's trying to, like, make a living, and da-da-da-da, and you see him kind of, like, progress as a character, which is really nice, because, yeah, he had some character flaws in the first few books. He's not super likable, but, and I love a story with good character progression. Mm -hmm. I like, I don't like stories where, I I lose interest, especially a lot of books, serial books do Mm -hmm. this, where the characters just constantly doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and it's like okay you're, you're learning nothing mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm not invested anymore see this is why tony stark's one of my favorite mcu characters right because <laughs> character progression yes character progression is a good thing ah it, it really does make i i feel like it just makes you more invested in the character and and mm-hmm. you care more and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no i hear you so what's one of your things? Well, um, so I was less organized than you. I was like, I don't know. Things are like, bleh. <laughs> um, but anyone who knows me for any length of time, especially the last four years, 
knows that one of my favorite nerd things of of the moment since since about 2015-16 is Hamilton the musical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was all like, "Oh, yes." Oh, you, yeah. I, I have I have not even I have yet to see Hamilton yet, but I know so much about it just from you, Jen. I have now seen the musical five times, including the original Broadway cast. Um I actually the funny part about the musical was I heard about it even before it hit Broadway. I heard about it when it was still off of Broadway, because I'm a New York Times junkie. And uh then, uh, and I was like, oh, it's like 1776. So for those of you who are not musical nerds, and I am a musical nerd, 1776 was this uh, musical that did not come out in 1976. It came out in the late 60s. And it's about the, uh, the, the convention uh, that created the Declaration of Independence. So the whole show takes place around the creation of the Declaration of Independence. And so, Revolutionary War themes, and should we be free, and this, that, and the other. And it was a hugely um, influential show on me, personally, because it was my dad's favorite show. And uh, my dad was a history nerd, specifically American history. I am not an American history nerd, but I am a history nerd. So it was like, dad and daughter bonding was over this. Like, all of us kids, we grew up loving this musical, because my dad loved this musical. I mean, we love all sorts of musicals. We're a musical-watching kind of family. But that was my one of my dad's favorites. And so when I saw there was a show um, on Broadway that was going to be about revolutionaries I was like oh it's like 1776 so I was kind of curious and then they said it's like 1776 with a multi-ethnic cast and hip-hop and I'm like where do I sign up (laughs) I need to see this and my siblings were all like uh it's not gonna be as good as 1776 (laughs) I'm like I don't know guys it's gonna have some hip-hop I love me some I'm a night I love 90s hip-hop so I was all all over this, and then um, I I was busy with school, so I just hadn't listened to the music yet. But all my friends who were into musicals were all like Hamilton, and we were playing in our in our Vampire the Masquerade game. And I swear to God, every time we would have a scene where with my scary nun, and it was very political. Someone come in going, I want to be in the room where it happens. I'm like, what the fuck is that reference <laughs> so finally i went and listened to the soundtrack and it's funny how i even listened to it so i was watching john oliver and he had lynn on his show talking about the puerto rican debt crisis and uh lynn just did a, a rap that was not really freestyle but practically almost <laughs> And just, bam, just just this amazing, like, rap about the Puerto Rican debt crisis, (laughs) of all things. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to listen to this this original cast album. This needs to happen now. But I was in the middle of writing papers because I was in my classwork for my degree. I had, like, a a 25-page paper on Karl Marx I was supposed to be writing about, and I hated it, and I hated my life, and everything sucked. And I said, you know what? If you write two pages of your paper, two pages, just two, you can get through two pages, you can go find a song from the sound from the cast album, and you can listen to it. 
I bribed myself. And so I did. And I wrote two pages and I went and I YouTubed um, Hamilton. I listened to uh, the opening number and I was like, oh God, this is good. And I'm like, okay, if you write five pages, <laughs> you get to listen to the next song. And I finally, and then finally it was like, if you finish the entire paper, you can listen to the entire cast album. And so I did. I finished the paper. I edited it. I I hadn't turned it in yet, but I went to go and uh, listen to it. And I remember I, I started on the couch in my living room. At some point, I shifted to the bedroom, and I was in my bed. And I'm sobbing. I'm just sobbing as I'm laying there on the bed. Like, <laughs> it's an orphanage. Oh, my God. Jesus. And then she dies. You know, spoilers, everyone dies in it because <laughs> history moves on and they're dead in real life. But I was just sobbing and my I didn't even know how it happened. And I remember I tweeted to Lynn and to Philippa Sue about how I had just finished listening to it and was like and how moved I was, me and five bazillion other people. Um and then I turned the paper in the next day and called my friend Linda and said, Hey, do you wanna go to New York? <laughs> Let's go watch a play. And we did. We went to go see um Hamilton before the before the main most of the main cast left, like the week before. So I got to see Lynn in the role and Leslie in the role and most of the main cast in the role. And in fact I went the night after they filmed one of the nights they filmed it. Um when they're going to release it, you know, they're it's been announced they're going to release it in movie theaters in October 2021. Um, I went the night after one of those filmings. So I got to see the same cast all of you guys are going to get to see, <laughs> but I got to see them in the Richard Rogers. Um, and it was magical. It was magical. I, I think the only other show that was that magical for me on the stage was Phantom of the Opera. I mean, it was that magical nice. of an experience. And you're in this theater with all these people and everyone was excited to be there. And there's this electricity. And just when this, when Aaron Burr just stepped on stage and you're just like, oh yeah, now it's going to start. <laughs> and like all the key moments like that you hit. And just people are just, we're so moved. I don't think I've ever had a theatrical experience like that, ever. I mean, the closest probably was watching Endgame in the theater. Right. Um, that was probably the next closest moment I've ever had. of That uh, that moment where you are interacting with a medium and as an audience having that communal experience. But the difference with, between it and Endgame is Endgame's a movie. Like, the actors aren't there yeah. interacting. But I'm in the audience, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda could look right up and see me <laughs> go up there bawling my eyes out. Um which, you know, I'm sure he would mock, probably wouldn't mock me for it, but nah. you know. That was, um, that was one of the fun things. I don't know if you ever went to them, but, you know, when they started doing the midnight releases for the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I was in my 20s, but I went to the midnight releases I went releases to Warner yeah. Food, too. Because they were fun. Like, people mm-hmm. were so excited about it, and they were hyped for this book, and, like, uh-huh. the people in the bookstore were like, yeah, as soon as we're done here, guys, I'm going to go home and read this book, too. Like, yeah. It was, yeah, it, it's, 
It's one of the fun things about, like, having a fan community yeah. is when, like, you get together and everybody loves this thing and you're so hyped for it. And we're like, mm-hmm. yes, we all love this thing. Yes. It's so exciting. I, I did one of the Harry Potter books, uh, the night book openings in Rome. That was crazy because <laughs> it was literally probably, like, three blocks from my hotel. And uh-huh. I was staying in central Rome. And... uh it was me and like four or five other people in my, I was in a study abroad program and um, it was four or five of us. And we just were like, let's go to the midnight book party. And it was us. And it was kids from all over the world, mm-hmm. like England and from other parts of Europe and from the Middle East and Asia and America and Canada and, you know, all these, I mean, most of us didn't even necessarily speak the same languages. But we all loved Harry Potter. Right. And it was so exciting. It was so exciting to be there and just having that moment of, you know, the the story is ending because it was the last book, too. Oh, geez. It was like the story is ending. Like, let's share this moment together. That was fun. Yeah. Like, that was one of the things. So normally when I, uh, I would get, I would pick up my Harry Potter book and I'd go home after that long midnight release and then read the book. Because I was a crazy person. And I was in my 20s, so I could do that stuff. Oh, right. <laughs> but, like, uh, and I remember telling myself, don't do that with the last one. Savor it. Make it last. And no, I still finished it so fast. <laughs> so I am one of those annoying people who actually reads the end of books before I read the rest <laughs> of it. And I read, like, the first few pages, then I'm going to read the end, and then I read the rest of it. And I do that with every book. I mean, every book. Um, to the point that the the former provost at the university I worked at was like, I don't know if you can work in my office anymore. <laughs> I don't approve of this behavior. Um, but I did that with Harry Potter, so I knew the ending before like anyone else knew, and they were all like, oh, "Don't tell me." Okay, no, really, but does like so and so live? I'm like, don't tell me you I can't say anything and then go wait does my favorite character live because I'm not going to tell you so I'll admit I do that do that sometimes especially when I'm like anticipating a story so much where I'm like okay I need to know how it ends Mm -hmm. so I can actually enjoy reading this because sometimes the suspense isn't good Mm -hmm. sometimes it really is just like too much and I'm like okay I just want to know and then, what, then I can go back and enjoy it. So, yeah, I'll yeah. admit to doing that, too, sometimes, where I'll go and I'll read the end of the book. And... Yeah. But I don't spoil other people. I'll look up spoilers for me. Yeah, but exactly. But I won't spoil um, you. We have this friend, Shell. God, we got to have Shell on. We talk about her so much. We have to have Shell on because <laughs> right? she loves this podcast. She needs to be on. Right? Oh, my God. But uh, I, Shell loves spoilers. Yeah. Right Shell and me are like, we're like, yeah, mm, uh, yeah, spoilers. Everything that is coming out where people are like, no spoilers, no spoilers. Shell's like, okay, but please tell me. <laughs> It's true. She's like, for reals, guys, but tell me because I want to be spoiled. I'm not going to have time to go see this or whatever. Just tell me what happens. Watching Game of Thrones with her <laughs> during oh my the God. season. That was amazing. Again, I thought I would die just watching her. Again, those communal nerd experiences. And she's like, oh no, Theon's going to die. Oh no, Davos, Davos. Is Davos going to die? I don't know. Somebody <laughs> tell, us, tell me if Davos is going to die. Don't take Tormund from me. And we're like, Shell, we're watching it live with you. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we can't give you spoilers either. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watching the Battle of Winterfell with Shell. Yeah, that... We had to take multiple that breaks. That was fun. You know, that, that's a silver lining. As much as we may not have enjoyed the last season of Game of Thrones, we had a good time we with had our a good watch time. parties. Oh, my God. And I, I was 
pretty drunk by the time we got done with <laughs> I need more of a booze before I can get through this episode. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So. My what turn. Else? It's your um, turn. Okay. Uh, ooh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. I love that series. I think this is, for people who haven't seen it yet, this is an amazingly well-written series, mm-hmm. as well as a good example of good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I mean, to, to the, the, the magic system that is built for this is really good, it's really solid. It is... It's it's more of a soft magic system than a hard magic system, but they do a great job of that. The character development is amazing. Uh, the redemption story, oh my god, <laughs> they they make this Zuko is an amazing villain, mm-hmm. and then he just gets this amazing redemption arc, and it's a long one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it the the series was four seasons. Mm-hmm. I think there's four books. Yeah, I think it was four seasons. It it's not until the last season that he's like really starts. Is full on okay. I'm a good guy now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it doesn't feel frustrating. I mean, you're frustrated with the character because it's like, no, you're actually a good guy. Stop, stop doing that. Um, but it's not frustrating in that they're not dragging it out. Yeah. To keep people's interest, there, there. It's it all makes sense. Everything in it is logical. Like you get why he's doing the things he's doing. Um, and then his uncle Iroh is just this amazing mentor character. And then the the Avatar and his friends have this great group dynamic, and uh, it is an amazing series. I everybody should watch it. It is so fun. It is so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, love it. I admit, I am not like the world's biggest anime watcher. And it's not because I hate anime, because there are a few animes I do like. It's yeah. just, it, when you have so much media to consume. Right? Yeah, no, it is. It's hard to, to like, fit it all in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and there's, that that's one of the things, especially with anime. Oh, my God. My kids are huge anime fans, and they're like, Mom, watch this. Mom, watch this. Mom, watch this. And I'm like, okay, there's only so much TV that I can watch. I've, I've and I, I, I yeah, I really haven't watched a ton of anime because I, I really have to. I have to get picky with it. I have to get picky with it because mm-hmm. I just can't watch all the shows. So, mm-hmm. um, I loved Yuri on Ice. <laughs> My daughter was like, "Please just watch it with me," and I, I really got sucked in that one. Uh, you want to talk about shipping? Oh my God, victory! <laughs> okay, that's all I gotta say is victory because ah. I did ship them pretty hardcore, <laughs> so mm. I loved your Ice. Um, and then I, like I said previously, I've been watching My Hero Academia, and I'm loving that one. I love the take that My Hero Academia takes on shonen animes, because I'm not a huge shonen anime fan. Mm-hmm. I, I, nah, I didn't like Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. I don't like Naruto. Um, you know, most of those, I'm like, meh. But I, I like that it feels like what My Hero Academia did was take those because this is, it's about kids, right? It's like the second generation of superheroes. So it feels like the the adults are the Dragon Ball Zs mm-hmm. and the Naruto's. <laughs> and then the, the kids, which are the main characters, are like the next generation. And this is how they're changing the world of, of superheroics. And it's mm-hmm. fun. I think that one's a really fun anime. I haven't finished it yet, but so far, so good. You'll get there. There's so much stuff stuff. to watch. There's so much. Well, on my list, and I know it's something I've mentioned to Mo quite a bit. Everyone who talks to me and hears about this book series at least once, and I keep harping on it. I'm like, guys, because it's that good. Just read it. Just do it. 
Um, and that is the Kushiel's Legacy series by Jacqueline Carey. If you have not read it, go and get it. Um, I my so I got introduced to it by one of my dear friends who she uh she's kind of in a down spot in her life. She lives in Can in Kansas City. Um, and she was in a dance spot in her life. And so she was up late and she went to the grocery store and it just happened to be like on the book stand. So she bought it and then she's like, Oh my God, this book, you need to read this book. <laughs> and I was like, I got shit to do. I'm in school. Cause I'm, I've been in school forever. So, you know, it's usually my excuse. <laughs> and, um, and I found it at a used bookstore and I bought it and I was just not in the right mindset at that moment to watch, to read it. <coughs> Also, too, I have been uh, tricked into reading a Laurel K. Hamilton book right at the same time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it was I? That was yeah. that was not a good good thing to do to me. Um, um, yeah, also not a fan. I, I went into uh, I knew at least I knew what Laurel K. Hamilton was, but I was like, eh, I did. Let, let me check it out. Let me give it a chance, and nope. not my not my jam. Nope. And uh, so I, I I put that book away and picked <laughs> up Kushiel and it was just, I think I was just not in a great headspace because of that. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I picked up again, I think six months to a year later. And then it sucked me in. Um, and for those of you who haven't read it, it's, um, for me, I, I, the reason, there are several reasons why I like the series. And it's a whole series. There's about nine books. Um, the biggest part is that, first of all, it's, it's an alternate history fantasy, mm -hmm. which I say that very carefully because it's like you took our world and just kind of took a half step to the left or the right. You know, there's, there's a lot of it that's still familiar to us. Okay. Um, it's not, it's not on Westeros. It's not on Middle Earth. It's on our Earth. But things are slightly different. The um, religions kind of look the, kind, the, the religions look very different. Kind of the same, not really. Like certain historical things happen differently, so that makes this world a little bit different. There's a touch of the the fantastic in it, just a touch. Okay, it's not like I'm throwing fireballs out of my fingertips. It's like I may be able to communicate with a god, possibly. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I think I can. You know, it's that kind of level of 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 um uh, mystery. Uh I don't want to say it's magic. It's 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 uh it's 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 like a world that is touched by the divine, shall we say. But the whole premise of the original three books in the series is that it's about a woman who's been touched by by the divine, by a god, to feel pain as pleasure and you're like oh sexy 50 shades of gray bdsm <laughs> okay this is how 50 shades of gray sucks <laughs> this book is amazing like this book makes that makes the idea of someone who is uh who is into being a submissive into uh -huh. bondage, being something that's not like, ooh, ooh, kinky, kinky. It's like, there's something about it that you're like, wow, this is like, everyone has their thing. Um, yep. it, it makes it less fringy and much more just like, Th this it, is a thing. Everybody's got their thing and this is this person's yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But the best thing about this character is that this character who you would think is like, ooh, she's a submissive. She's a, she's a, um, I hate to use the word prostitute because it, it's very, their, their, their take on sexuality is just different, but also the idea of prostitution is just different. It's not a seedy thing. It's yeah. like, it's a cultural thing. It's a part of the, the, the world, world. Okay. and it's accepted and it's, it's an accepted part of their culture. So there's nothing like licentious or nefarious about it. it it's, you know, a, quite a few court. It's, it's much more courtesans. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a courtesan who is a submissive who finds pleasure in pain. You think none of this adds up to her being a hero, mm-hmm. but she is an absolute hero. Nice. And the fact that those things about her are why she's heroic, because she understands empathy. She understands compassion. She understands that sometimes in order to be able to accomplish something. It's not about being the strongest or the most stubborn. It's about being able to bend instead of break. It's being able to push herself beyond any bonds because she's already got that capacity. She can push herself further in order to accomplish the goal that needs to be done to save the kingdom. You know, it's, it's, and she's smart and she's well-trained and she's, she understands like intrigue. I mean, she's a highly intelligent character. Um, nothing about her is weak. And I love that this these stories play on those tropes because she is a woman who is a courtesan who is a submissive, but nothing about her is weak. Nice. And so, um, and like the the main villain in that book in that series of books is also a woman who is kind of the polar opposite. She's the dominant in the relationship. But it's that dominance and that self-assuredness that is almost her downfall. So it's kind of fun. And that cruelty, because she's got a cruelty streak. And so she's, because she has a cruelty streak, it's she one of the lessons she has to learn is compassion. So it's, it's such an interesting play on how these fantasy tropes work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, because it, it, I just, I just love that it's all done in this world that is very well built. It's a very well built world. You believe it. You want to believe it's in a real world, right? That history really played out like this. <laughs> and the characters are so nuanced. None of them are perfect. And, um, I think the second series and the uh, the second trilogy proves that out because all the characters you saw in the first book you see in the second in, in the second series uh-huh. slightly older as the next generation comes up and you're like oh wow that person's a real dick <laughs> and then when you go back and you look at the first trilogy you're like oh there were dicks there too but because the point of view has changed yeah. And even then, that series is also playing with tropes of, you know, the young, the the traditional heroic young man out to prove himself, like, you know, how how is, it's much more the traditional hero story, but told from the perspective of a, of a young man who, by all rights in any other story, he would be the Mordred. He would be the yeah. the the kid who who was who was the bad guy, and no one trusts that guy. Don't trust that guy because he's a bad guy, but he's the hero of 
that set of stories. And you're by the time you get to the last book of that set, you're just like, I want them to persevere. I love them so. You know, and I just uh, and so it's such a great series. And then the last the last trilogy also again plays on 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 fantasy trips. It's just a good series. It's such a good series, and the level of care Jacqueline Carey puts into the books mm-hmm. is is really amazing to me. The fact that she really fleshes out this world and how it operates, what the history is, why things are the way they are, um, the idea that you that everything has consequences, good and bad, um, and what you what you make of those consequences, uh, which I think sometimes gets lost in the fantasy genre because so many times the fantasy genre is, I have a hero, they're going on an adventure, then they do the things, and then they get back home and it's all happily ever after. Yeah, especially like uh, Destiny-type heroes, I feel like really have it, like you're the chosen one, Mm -hmm. you know, and it... It does kind of take away a lot of the agency of the character, I feel like, sometimes. Not all fantasies, but some fantasies don't play with the trope well. And this character, like, Phaedra, who's the main character of the first three books, is one of those destiny characters. Yeah. Like, she's been touched by a god, and she's like, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. <laughs> and you think you understand it, and every book it's like, nope, nope, we're going up the stakes. And she's like seriously seriously (laughs) why are you pushing me that way and as someone who's a religious person myself um and who has studied theology quite a bit the way the spiritual journey this character goes on happens even though she is a courtesan who is like who is a submissive who is just an open accepting sexually type of person which in a traditional like Christian, especially evangelical Christian concept context would make her like the whore of Babylon. Um, to realize that she's such a spiritual character and that her spiritual journey being touched by a god, by a divine being, it's like it's the same questions I ask every day of you know, you keep pushing me with this a little further. Like, why can't I be different? Why can't I change? Why does it have to be this way? <laughs> why can I just get out of this? I don't want to do this anymore. Like, all those same questions so many people ask on a spiritual level. She's asking, too. Yeah. And I love that the, that the author did that. I love the author did that. Because there was one moment in one of the books where I, as a, as a woman who professes a faith, um, was just crying because I'm like, that, that is the essence of a spiritual journey. And, and it's in this fantasy novel, uh, that is so like upside down from our world. <laughs> like you wouldn't expect it, but there it is. And this is a character that in our modern context, you, people would be like, oh, like she is, she's the hero character. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So yes, I'm crying over uh, over a, a whore who is in, into BDSM, and let me tell you, that stuff is way hotter than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so much hotter, so much. Yeah, I didn't read those because. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. I tried. I tried. I I couldn't. I got. I laughed too hard. I, I did try, but I I couldn't. I couldn't. I, 
laugh so hard. I can't finish it. it it's I'm like, I read fanfic with bitter sex in it. Oh wait, this is fanfic. Oh <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not my jam. Yeah, not my jam either. But if you do like, uh, if you want a good movie that is in that theme, The Secretary. I have heard that. I haven't watched it yet, so but I have heard that it is it's good. so good. And James Spader, I'm like, James Spader in that movie. <laughs> I was like, I would let him do anything to me. <laughs> let's just put it that way. Like, yeah, sure. You want to do that? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what what's next for you? Uh. So, <laughs> this is something that I've just recently been like on a a fangirl kick on. But uh, I Into the Spider Verse was just amazing. I loved it. Um. It 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 was an amazing amazing Spider Man movie, and I love animation. So, of course, I love that, and I love the the comic book feel mm-hmm. of that whole movie and I'm so excited because they just today announced that the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 is supposed to release October 2022 and I'm so excited. Maybe was, we'll be back in the movie theaters by then. Yeah, I don't care. I'll watch it at home. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I love that movie. I love it. I, I rewatch it quite a bit. Um, and it's really one of my more favorite Spider-Man movies and it was a work of art it was it was just amazing and the acting was great and the casting was great and the animation was amazing and the story was so good oh I loved it I loved it I loved it I loved it yeah it was a good movie I have to say it's probably one of the best Spider-Man movies that's ever come out and the visuals are so good oh my god Miles' leap of faith that is like my favorite scene Ever and What's it, up, danger? Oh, yeah. yes, and and the 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 so many layers of that, you know, mm-hmm. like when he's going to jump and his his fingers are still sticking in the building, so the glass shatters because he's still scared, you know. Oh, it's so good. And then this the scene where he's going straight down and then it inverts, mm-hmm. so, so he's, he's all right. It's like up. oh yes, oh so good, it's so good. God, that it was amazing. They did such a good job with that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the feelings you get all throughout that mm-hmm. movie because it's fun and it's sad and it's happy and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the story with Miles and his dad. Yeah. And that's such a thing as a parent of a teenager. You can relate to it's. It's hard to relate to your kids and you, you know, mm-hmm. you want to, you want what's best for them and it's hard and you want to push them, but not too much. And, and I totally get it. And I love seeing that, that father son relationship with Miles mm-hmm. and the development of it and how they're, they're both, they both love each other. Mm-hmm. They're just so different, but. And then bringing his uncle into it and how uh-huh. his uncle is like that foil to his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, dad doesn't understand me. I'm going to Uncle Aaron's house. But Uncle Aaron is a bad guy. <laughs> but he's a bad guy who loves his nephew. Yeah. I want he, and, and I think he's a bad guy who even like you could tell. But even though the conversations were all one-sided because they were only coming from Miles as a dad, but you could tell they still loved each other as brothers. They're just, I mean, talk about polar opposite lifestyles. One is a criminal and one is a cop. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty, those are big differences. But he was still sad when he found his brother dead. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't like, oh, well, you're a criminal. That's what you get. It broke yeah. him up. 
He's like, I'm going to get that Spider-Man. Not knowing yeah. Spider-Man's your own son. <laughs> right? But, yeah, like, oh, it was, I, I loved the family aspect, mm-hmm. too, of that movie. Yeah. You know, oh, it was so good. It was so good. And I love how, even though, like, Peter B. Parker is, like, the supposed mentor in the beginning, but really Miles was the one who was kind of mentoring him more mm-hmm. into like, it's okay, take a chance, open yourself up. And mm-hmm. oh, that, that scene at the end when Peter B. Parker's trying to stay and he's like, how will I know if I'm ready? And Miles throws his own words back at him, you won't. <laughs> it's a leap of faith. Ah, oh, tearing yeah. up just thinking about it. Yeah. I have to say that the most recent Spider-Man movies between Into the Spider-Verse and the Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man movies. <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah. They, so I, I mean, I, I did see the Sam Raimi ones, which, you know, they're very early two thousands in the same vein as like X-Men. And <laughs> I liked them. I don't, I don't know why they got so much hate. I, I mean, they were fine. Yeah. They were fine. Horrible. I, they, I think Spider-Man threes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but they were good. I mean, they, they weren't yeah. like the, they were, they weren't amazing. Yeah. They weren't like the best Spider-Man movies out there, but they were good. They, they were, were they, they were fine. Yeah. I think my only requirement was I was like, well, isn't Toby McGuire like 50 in these movies oh or something? God, right. That was <laughs> it. That was the only thing. It's like Toby McGuire, you are not a high schooler. You are not a high schooler. You're not even college age, sweetie. Um yeah. And and that is something that you know, that was I think very more 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Um was getting the severely much older actors to be playing these young kids. Um so that 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 is one that was very refreshing for uh-huh. Tom Holland, yeah, to have this young actor mm-hmm. play young Peter Parker because yeah we've gotten quote unquote young Peter Parker before but it was thirty something year old Tobey Maguire, yeah, Tom Holland playing Peter Parker like first of all you knew you were in for it when you saw him on um the lip sync battle show. <laughs> When he was doing Rihanna, I was like, oh, shit, this is Spider-Man. Yes! I mean, the fact that he was just, like, throwing himself around. I was watching... So one of my... um, The shows I've been watching during quarantine is this show called The Chef Show on Netflix. Has John Favreau and Roy Choi in it. Oh, I've heard about that. I haven't watched it yet. Very, very good. So John Favreau did a whole movie um, called The Chef. Um... And when she's playing a chef who goes through their, yeah. this whole journey, his consultant in for the movie was um, Roy Choi, who, if you don't live in L.A. or are not a, a huge foodie who watches food shows like me, <laughs> I do both. I live in L.A. and I watch a lot of food shows. Um, Roy Choi is kind of huge out here. He's... Um, a Korean American. Yeah, he's very much a SoCal celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> Korean American SoCal chef, and he's 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 famous for his Kogi mm-hmm. truck, and um, he has very deep ties to the MCU. He used to like Gwyneth Paltrow would get him to come out to the set of whatever they were filming. Like uh, they would have like Kogi truck day, and <laughs> um, so the and so Marvel's fans of Roy Choi, and that's kind of how they connected, and so. One of the uh, after uh, they did the movie, then John Favreau and Roy Choi did this show for Netflix, um, where it's all about cooking and Roy Choi ch- showing how to make different things. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, one of the episodes was they went to Atlanta, which is 
kind of where Marvel's more or less headquartered nowadays. It's where they do most of their filming. And um, while they were there, they went to this uh, seafood place that I now want to go to because it looked amazing. Um, but he got like pretty much, this was probably circa 2017, 2000, probably 2017. So they were filming like Spider Man and, and, um, uh, 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 Infinity War and Endgame. So you had the, at this one table, this one table, you had John Favreau, Robert Downey Jr., Roy Choi, Kevin Feige, <laughs> Anthony Russo, Joe Russo, and Tom Holland. Talk about a dream team. Like, at the, <laughs> one table, eating the hell out of some really great, so, like, southern seafood. Oh my God, it looked amazing. And, um, so the Russo brothers are talking about their screen test they did with uh, Tom Holland for Civil War. And poor kid had been cast like four days before, right? Oh. And they had seen thousands of kids. And they were like, oh, Tom Holland. I mean, he's just young. He's exciting. He can pull off the nervous teenager bit. And he can do his own physical stunts. Great. <laughs> so they have him come in. They have him screen test with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. And literally, and I've seen the Chris Evans one. Literally, he came in, and the Russo brothers are like, "Well, we're gonna have you screen test with Chris." And he's like, "Okay, well, how do you want me to come in?" Well, then they describe the scene of of how Spider Man comes in in uh, Civil War, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, um, do you want me to flip in?" And they're like, "Can you just do that?" And he's like, "Sure." <laughs> so they get this like mat, and they put it on the floor. And there's Christian in there and like with his script on one side and and they have Tom Holland in the um in the uh in the Spider-Man Mach 1 suit with the <laughs> the, the, the the hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like he comes and he jumps and he literally flips onto the mat and is like, Hi, I'm hi, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and like they do their whole scene and Chris afterwards breaks and starts giggling like i can't believe you just flipped <laughs> it was insane the energy that tom holland brings to yeah. his performance as peter parker and spider-man every single time is amazing oh yeah uh, that's one of the best things that i love about <laughs> that take on spider-man is yeah. his energy like i mm -hmm. can't think of anybody else who has played spider-man on the in live who yeah. has brought that kind of energy to the character like yeah he's young he's he's energetic he's athletic well and he, he's he really seems like he's having fun with the role, role. Yeah. like he's enjoying it he's having fun he's excited and you can feel that and that translate great on screen especially for a character like peter parker yeah you know like ah, oh, yeah yeah, it's uh, he's, yeah, it's okay. He, 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 I, I always liked Spider Man. Spider Man was one of my dad's favorites, so I grew up watching the 70s Spider Man, which was so <laughs> bad, but so good, but so bad. Um, and and also the animated Spider Man with, with the the original theme song, yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider -Man. Spider -Man. yep, yeah. <sighs> and so for me, seeing like Tom Holland's like Peter Parker, he is in many ways the definitive Peter Parker for me. Mm. And I think Miles Morales with the Into the Spider-Verse just brings this whole other level and I'm waiting with with bated breath 
to see if they bring Miles into the MCU. Here's hoping, because, oh my god. They, they got they got Aaron. Right? It would be amazing. And I love that it's Donald Glover. <laughs> a live-action Miles. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Yes. Let's make it happen, MCU. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> well, you already have all our money. I'll just throw more of it at you, please. You already own everything. I'll just, Kevin Feige, just, here's my, my credit card number. Just take it. Just take it. Maybe you can cover my student loan debt. <laughs> I mean, it's still cheaper than making one of your movies. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Want to take it the other way, or do you got another good thing to say? Uh, on Spider-Man? Um, I, I, mean, I, mean, I love it. Do you have another fan thing, or do we want to take it in the? Oh, we're not sure. so. Uh, another fan thing. Um, one of my other big fan nerds. One of the other things I'm passionate about. about I talked. X Files is actually one of my favorites, but I've talked about it on already on the show. <laughs> so we don't need to talk about it. Y'all know I'm a huge X Files nerd girl. <laughs> West Wing is one of my favorite shows of all time. And if you have not seen it, I have not seen it. <laughs> I you need to go and watch it once in your life. It is as much as our political system sucks at times, and as bad as it is right now, and as bad as the situation in Washington is right now, you watch West Wing, and you're like, ah, that that is this reminds me of what it's like when it's when it's good, and it's so good. And yeah, is it perhaps too over the top? too Pollyanna-ish. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't care. <laughs> to have a president I could look up to and be like, you're my president, Jeb Bartlett. To like, <laughs> to have a staff that you're just like, wow, these are the smartest people in the room. <laughs> and they and they speak English. And, and, and sometimes I even understand it. You know? <laughs> I mean... The fact that this is this is what you want your government to be. Yeah. And I think at times it has been our government. This is not our government right now. Um, it West Wing is that show that I didn't expect to like. Because when it came out, um, it was just at the tail end of Exiles, which was my first favorite show of all time. <laughs> it was also at the time when, I don't know if you guys remember, but 1999-2000. It was an election year, kind of divided country politically. Yeah. Not as divided as it is now. But, you know, we were just coming out of the Clinton scandal. Um, George W. Bush and Al Gore were running against each other. It was a whole different time. And here comes this show about, like, people who just want to do their due diligence, who want to serve their country, who want to do good in this world and to think and to, to think with such intelligence and to act with such integrity and speak so carefully about, about matters of state, about governance, about what it means to be an American. And everything about it, you see, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much I missed that until I see the <laughs> show, you know. And now of recent of recent weeks, not to get political, I keep thinking to myself, if Jeff Bartlett were president during COVID, what would he do? <laughs> I mean, um, it, there's I know there's a lot of debate in the fandom because the first the show was created by Aaron Sorkin, who you might know from things like The Social Network. Um, he also did an a version of to 
of To Kill a Mockingbird as a play, which is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. If you have not seen it, when the theaters open back up in New York, go see it. If it comes to your, if a local production is being done in your city, go watch it. I happen to work at a university who, uh, there's a lot of legal reasons. There was a lot of legal shit that happened. But needless to say, um, our university was putting on the original stage play of To Kill a Mockingbird. And they, because of the legal stuff, they had to put on the new Aaron Sorkin one. Um, and so they did it in a year. These kids, these kids, oh my God. These kids, did it took, they, they changed in a year from the old version to the new. Worked with Aaron Sorkin and the director, um, uh, Scott Rudnick. Yeah. Um, for the Broadway show. Uh, worked directly with them. And I got to see it um, at APU where I work. And it was the most phenomenal play I've ever seen. So. Go watch To Kill a Mockingbird. You'll have to check it out. But uh-huh. um, in lieu of that, go um, go go watch West Wing. Yeah, that's one of those things that's definitely been on my to watch list. Which it just grows and grows. It keeps, it's a growing list, but like one right? one weekend, I'll just be like, "Mo, you and me, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna watch West Wing," because you know what? It's all about uh, it's all about the chief of staff going, telling the press sec- secretary, "Tell them that the president came to a sudden arboreal stop." What do you want out of me? <laughs> At that moment, I was sold on this show. So, yeah, go watch it. We'll watch it together one weekend. Yeah. You will love it. You will fall in love with that show. You will be get, You well, will empathize with Toby Ziegler because everybody does. Well, Toby is everybody's spirit animal. We'll have a watch party. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to watch Avatar with me because I love it. <laughs> I, out of love for you, Mo. <laughs> That's about probably the only way I'm doing it. So. Uh, you'll <laughs> like it. It's got a good story. It's not really anime. It was made in the U.S., so does it count? Between <laughs> the U.S., so it's not real anime, <laughs> right? Oh my god! I hear that every time I talk about Avatar. You know, it's kind of real anime. Oh my lord! Whatever. Okay, well, I like it anyways. Because <laughs> does that have to do with anything? What? Is, yeah, it's like what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? What? <laughs> Everything, Jen. Go throw some tea in the harbor like a real American. Like a real American. Real Americans. You, you, you protest by like throwing tea into the ocean as you're standing on that beach in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> proclaiming it's my god-given right to go throw this tea in this ocean you can't take these beaches away from me i'd rather die of a horrid disease than have that beach be taken away from me exactly mm. <laughs> west wing that's not that's not their take on this <coughs> yeah personal freedom in it does not necessarily always um equate you know america so. <laughs> Oh, mm. On that note, we can start talking about things we are not such big fans of. I'm not big a fan of people protesting on Orange County beaches. Let's, <laughs> let's start with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So specifically, we're going to try and talk about some things that most people like. Like, it's a nerdy thing, and people like this. And we're like, mm, yeah. not my thing. Not my, not my jam. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these are things that we know are popular in the nerd community. We know that, 
know, if you're a nerd, you're like, I like this thing. But, no, not my my jam. And that's not to say it's necessarily bad. Yeah, it's just not me. Honestly, we both had a really hard time, like, Mm -hmm. coming up with our list. Because we were like, but... I just don't pay attention to things I don't like. Yeah. So I gotta really sit down and think about, like, what do I actually not like? Because I tend to just be like, yeah, I didn't like it, and then move on. Yeah. I don't dwell on it. There's so. not a lot of things where I'm like, oh, uh-uh, nope, nope. I mean, there's a lot of things where it's like, I just didn't care for it. And it's not that it's bad or I hate it. It's just, it's not my cup. Yeah. I, move, I move on with my life. But there's some things where I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I feel like most of the things I'm going to talk about right now are going to be things where I'm like, eh, meh, not my thing. I tried to pick some things where I was like, mm, yeah, no, not my thing. Yeah. So, what do you got, Mo? Um, the first thing that I thought of that, like, so many people like, and I'm like, uh, first-person shooter games. I love video games, but I just can't, I don't know, I can't get into them. The, the Call of Duties, nope. the Fortnite, mm-hmm. the... Overwatch. Yeah, I yeah. just, I can't, I, I really want to like them because they look so neat and my friends play them and it would be fun to go and play online with my friends and, and then I just like, I don't like this guys. <laughs> I like Assassin's Creed like a lot. Oh, right. Oh like, my, I'm so excited that was for Valhalla. on my list of things I liked. If I, yes. if, if I got down to it, I was like, Assassin's Creed's on my list. Glad you brought that up because, oh my God, I'm so excited for Valhalla because, Vikings! Who doesn't want to play a Viking? I'm so excited. And they did such a good job with um, Odyssey. Yeah. And with, um, what's the the recent one that was in Egypt? Was that Origins? Origins, yeah. Oh, they were both so good. They were yeah. both so good. I love them both. They were amazing. I mean, all of the Assassin's Creed are good games. But those two mm-hmm. were just, I feel like they blew it out of the water. So yeah. so excited for Valhalla. I'm super obsessed with Assassin's Creed. I'm obsessed to the point, I have not had time to play an Assassin's Creed game since probably 2013. I just go and read, like, <laughs> all the plot lines and then watch playthroughs. Because I'm like, I gotta know what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna lend you my Xbox <laughs> and my copy of the game. I like, have no time. I have I like, no time. Um, but I just am like, oh my god. What happened? Like one of my friends just did playthrough of Odyssey and called me. He's like, "Oh my god!" And here is this thing that happened. It's it's so much fun. One, especially you, the history buff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those games are right up your alley. Yeah, but outside of that, like I was never a Call of Duty fan. Yeah, and and I really have tried to like those games. I mean, oh my god, even back. This is really going to date me, guys. But uh, my friends really were into Counter Strike, and they'd go to uh, to land centers and have these huge Counter Strike games. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I want to play, guys, but I don't like Counter Strike." Yeah, no. I just yeah, I can't. I can't get into it. I just I've tried every time a new big first person shooter comes out. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try it this time, and and give it a fair shot. And then I don't like it. Yeah, I think. Borderlands is the only first-person shooter style game that I've played that I liked. And even that one's kind of different from all the other ones, so I don't know how much it counts, but... Yeah. For the most part, not a first-person shooter fan. I, I don't like, especially don't like the ones where you have to 
control going backwards and forwards and then a separate control for up and down. I'm like, (laughs) don't fuck with my shit. I can't do two things at once. And then I have to fire and... uh, Yeah, I don't like this. (laughs) It's a really fun thing. Um, When me and my kids went to Disneyland and we went on the new Millennium Falcon ride, you know, you control the ship, right? So whenever we play video games, they hate this. I do reverse controls. Oh, yeah. The Millennium Falcon ride has reverse controls. So my kids wanted to be the pilots, and my daughter's controlling the up and down, and she keeps forgetting that it's reverse. So we're continually crashing into the ground, and everyone on the ride is screaming at her, the other way, the other way, go up, pull up. And she's like, I'm going up. And we're like, no, go down, go down. (laughs) Poor thing. Yeah. Now, I feel her because I have that problem all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I do reverse controls and both of them hate it, and they're like, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. For right. first shooters, I can see why you're not, that's not your thing. What's first on your list of dislikes? Uh, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, which yeah. makes me sad, because we'll never get to play D&D together. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so there's a few reasons why D&D was not my jam. Um, I did not grow up playing D&D. Um, I grew up in a time period and a time and a space in the country where D&D, when I was a kid, was considered like the next thing to like worshiping Satan. Um, my father was a minister, so he's like, I heard that D&D just means it's a, it's a highway to, to the devil. And I'm like, okay. Well, and especially when you were growing up, because I'm mm-hmm. most, especially if you're young now, you don't remember this, but there was a huge campaign. Oh, yeah. There was, like, pamphlets and, There like, was an after-school special. Uh, yeah, after-school special. Oh, yeah. And, like, all this stuff about why you shouldn't let your kids play a D&D. Yeah. Because it was Satan's game. It was Satan's game. Yeah, you were going to worship demons or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a demon in the backyard. I'm like, I, honestly, I would have been like, cool. That's right. <laughs> I think that was a selling point to me. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't play role-playing games as a kid. And I'm pretty much the market you would have marketed them to. <laughs> um, but the first game RPG I ever played was Vampire. And so that was my first exposure into the world of RPGs. And D&D and World of Darkness are very different animals, <laughs> besides the setting. You know, World of Darkness is a modern, urban, fantasy, like, um, like uh, what is it? It used to be much more, like, gothic punk. Um, I think it's much more, like, I don't know, emo... Like <laughs> urban fantasy, yeah. yeah. Well, it's but whatever. It's it's just a different feel than D and D, which is your straight up classic fantasy. But also, too, the systems are different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's famous that D and D is a D twenty system. Um, it's very complicated. A lot of math. There's a lot, lot of math. math. A lot of modifiers. It's all about, you know, there's a lot of rules lawyering. Not that there isn't mm, White Wolf, believe me, but there's, it's, I have never had a D&D experience where there wasn't like, I'm going to modify my sword of awesomeness with this like thing, thing, thing here and that thing. So I have like a plus 20 on any strike against like the big baddies and like, uh, stuff and, I'm over there just like, oh my god, just somebody just 
fucking hit the shit already. Just kill the monster. Kill the monster. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and then, like, every D&D campaign I have ever been in, even with the best storytellers, is... We're going on an adventure. We are adventurers on the adventure. We're going on the adventure, and then we get to a cave. Let's go into the cave. There's a monster. Ah, kill the monster. Wait, is there any loots? Let's go get the loots. We take <laughs> all the loots, and then we, then we get out. Then we have to fight our way out of the cave. Yay! Now on to the next fucking cave. Jen, if I don't get loot, how do I know I won? <laughs> Maybe it's not all about the fucking winning. Um, and that's every D&D campaign. It's like playing a, it's like playing a communal first-person shooter game. All the t- and that's it. I mean, D- that's just the nature of D&D. Mm. It's the idea that you get to be... It is like video games before I mean, there were video it's games. It's right there in the name. Dungeons and... Dungeons. 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 Yeah, and, and, it is a lot of dungeons. Is dungeons and just dragons. There's really not a lot of in between. Um, that's not to say that you couldn't modify it to make it more like fun and have a real story. Obviously, there's been famously Dragonlance started as a D and D campaign that people were running, and then they just wrote a series of novels about it. Um, but I, I've never had fun with it. Like never. I think it's one of those things with gaming. Like when I hear most, uh, especially tabletop role playing games, um, most people seem to, and it's it's really sad that this keeps happening. That what turns people off from systems is, is usually bad experiences. Yeah. It's I had bad experiences with this game, so I never wanted to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if it were just the once, yeah, I know you had multiple. No, no, I get it, and I get it. I don't blame you at all because we've all had those bad. Uh, I I still haven't joined another LARP because we had lots of LARP. Drama. Uh, LARP LARP inherently is just drama. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm to the point I will never LARP again because I'm like I'm sick of you people. You all suck. Um, but yeah, D and D it it doesn't allow for for a a character experience or, or storytelling. And, and for me, the world of darkness was the first time I ever got to play in something where I got a character who had a story and had a backstory and had goals and had ambitions and things they wanted to do. And they were, sometimes they won and a lot of times they lost because it's the world of darkness and you're pretty much going to lose no matter what. Um, (laughs) But, um, but it was, you were telling a communal story, and and part of the fun, even for me playing in those games, part of the fun was when we lost. It was like, oh my god, you remember that time when like you totally botched that role of that feed role for your vampire, and then we were driving on a on a bridge, and then you botched the drive roll, and then all of a sudden we're flying off the bridge into the Potomac River, and then like knocked yourself out cold, and then I had to drag your ass out, and like. <laughs> and then, and then the sheriff of the town, uh, for the court of vampires, there found us. Was like, yep, you know, owe us a boon because we had to come save your ass. And you're like, shit, you know that. It's moments like that where you were like, that was the best ever. Even though you, your character completely just got owned, you were completely fucked. But it's the fun of like, like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Ah, you know. It was, it, it was, it's just a different type of gaming and a different type of story. And I like those stories much better than D&D. D&D is not one of my favorites. 
Um, it's, it, you know, and I know there's many of you out there who will fight and die on the hill of D&D. I get it. I'm not taking that away from you. It's, <laughs> it's just, okay. <laughs> we're still it, friends. <laughs> we're still friends. I just. Yeah. So, I, it, I, I love D&D, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. No. No. And I don't like math to begin with. So. Oh, to be honest, I, I, I'm a very lazy D&D player. And, uh. Many of my friends have been playing it a lot longer than I have. So nine times out of ten, I'm, I just hand them a character sheet and go, here's what I want. Math it for me, please. And they can just do it because they've been playing so long. They've got all this shit in their head. And I'm like, awesome. Because I, the few times I've tried doing the math, I just get frustrated and then give it to them anyways and be like, help me. I see. I'm to that point with Vampire. Like, like I'm running a game that you're playing in. Yeah. Um, but it's like... People will go, I don't know, here's the character concept I had. Great, let me look at it. Bam, 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 bam. That's here's totally what I did last time. I went, Jen, here's my character here's my concept. Character Build concept. me a character. Build me a character. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> you'll do it faster than I will. <laughs> We're going to start gaming in 10 minutes and I procrastinated. That's true. You're like, it's an hour to game. And I don't have a character sheet. Here's the concept. So I'm like, bam, I'm on it. <laughs> at least I finally came up with the concept because that one. <laughs> Because we were like, you were like, oh, just hand me anything. I don't have an idea. What do you want? I don't know. <laughs> How about this? I can make it work. You know, here's my copy of V20. Let's do this. <laughs> so, um, um, so <laughs> another thing that I do, I'm not a big fan of that a lot of people really like is, um, Agents of Shield. <laughs> I really wanted to like it, and I really. Like, I I forced myself to watch the first season because I was like, but what if it's important <laughs> to the yeah. MCU? So I was like, okay, I'll force myself to watch it. And then I, um, I finally just went, you know what? This is dumb. This is dumb to force myself to watch something that I'm not enjoying. And I just, I didn't like it. And I know a lot of people love it. I haven't seen it. I am. I own it. Um, I watched the, the shit out of Agent Carter, though. Let oh. me tell you. Agent Carter was so good. It was so good. I'm a huge Peggy Carter fangirl, so Agents of or Agent Carter was just right up my alley. I loved yeah. that show. Um, but Agents of Shield, it was like, oh, I'll get around to watching it because I love Phil Coulson. I love Phil Coulson so much. I adore Phil Coulson. I feel he should he should have been used more in the MCU. Maybe not like killed off in Avengers. I get it. He was the catalyst that brought them together but why why do you have to feel, kill phil colson <laughs> then bring him back to life in a show that like uh, that apparently i mean i guess people really love it it yeah, has a it fan base i have not seasons. watched it i am not criticizing it because i have not watched it but uh, I, i'm gonna criticize it i didn't like it <laughs> no i'm not gonna criticize it because i don't it it's yeah if i don't like something i don't like it and i just i did not like it and i really tried to like it i wanted to like it it's just ugh, not my jam and I feel like some things that um, were things that they were teasing in the show uh-huh. got negated by the MCU anyway. Yeah, that was that was also a thing where I was like, oh, good, I didn't have to watch the show. Because it really was, I think they tried to not make it where you had to watch the show. Yeah. 
Which is unfortunate. Um, Although now it looks like they're going to, with all the Disney Plus shows, they're going to go ahead and just tie it all together. Why? Might, might as well. I know I didn't even watch any of the Netflix shows. So I, it was like, I always kept meaning to, but mm-hmm. just never got around to it. Um, though I have heard, I so many people I know were just gaga over uh, Daredevil, um, which sounds good. I, mm-hmm. Again, I just did not have time to see it. Um Jessica Jones. Yep. Uh, yeah, I liked them all. They were fun. You know, um, and, and, you know, hopefully I'll get around to watching them. But um, I, my hope is that they'll eventually migrate over to Disney Plus and that they'll bring back Daredevil as a Disney Plus show. There's an 18th, 18 month, I think, moratorium between uh, if a show gets canceled on Netflix mm-hmm. before you can show it on anywhere else. Um, and so I think if if they are going to bring it back, they're going to wait till closer to the end of that moratorium, yeah, before they make any announcements, so that they don't like get fans' hopes up. But yeah, well, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to the Disney Plus shows. I am. I'm super looking forward. Falcon and the Winter Soldier has me so hyped right yes. now. I just can't stand myself. <laughs> I'm so hyped. And WandaVision looks amazing, too. Yeah, I'm excited. They they all look like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Loki. Um, I, I just don't know I don't feel like, yeah, it. we haven't seen enough, really, to make any kind of judgment. Like, we got, like, a clip. Yeah. Like, a five-second clip. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really not enough to judge anything on it. So, yeah. I'll, I'll wait before to make judgment on Loki, but the other shows look fun. They look exciting. I'm excited mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, but um, any anytime I can get more uh, Sebastian Stan and, and Anthony Mackie together on a screen together. Oh my god, did you watch Altered Carbon? No, but uh, when we were making our list, I saw it on there, and I was like, oh, I need to watch that, because Anthony Mackie and all. Oh. He was amazing in yeah. that show. He's amazing. I love Anthony And Mackie. his ass is amazing too he, he, <laughs> that is why he's the next cat because that's america's come, ass right yeah because uh, chris evans anthony mackie you cannot be captain america if you can't carry a shield and have a nice ass exactly and he, never he proved it in altered carbon that he's got the ass never miss leg day i and he's, i know about anthony mackie and his workout routine Never mistaken. Yeah, and Anthony Mackie is he, oh my god, he did a really good job in all the garden. He was amazing. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, but and I I heard he was good in Ultra Carbon and Black Mirror. Um, I haven't watched Black Mirror like any of it yet. Um, yeah. I, it's one of it's a yet again the thing that's on my list of things to watch. We're gonna do a whole episode of things we need to watch. I know, right? We should, and then you can tell us all your favorite things, and maybe we'll put like a poll up, and you can vote on yeah. what we're gonna watch, we, we so can, we don't have to decide. We can do a whole podcast just on us watching stuff we've always meant to watch, but I've <laughs> never gotten to. Right. Um. But yes, Agents of Shield. I I admit I have not watched it. Um. Honestly, there wasn't a great reason why I didn't watch it. I said I <laughs> didn't get to it. Didn't get to it. Um, it. Agent Carter I watched because when I found out there was a Peggy Carter show and I loved that character so much, I was like, oh shit, yeah, this uh, I'm going to watch that. And for whatever reason, I, and I will admit this freely, part of it might have been the Josh, Joss Whedon angle at the beginning. <laughs> Joss... 
Joss is one of those directors, it, I either really love what he's doing or really don't love what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he is definitely polarizing in that. Because I love a lot of his work, but then he does some things where I'm like, what are you doing, Joss? Or, just the, and there's things that, you know, I just don't like. Yeah. Which things that could go on this list, in fact, but I didn't put them on my list. <laughs> what, what, what's on a, your list, Jen? What's as a name? freebie, as a freebie on my list, that is that's not what I'm going to mention. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Sorry, or Angel, but I loved, I loved Fire, I love Firefly, I love Firefly, I love Doctor Horrible, I just. It, I love his much ado about nothing. Um, I love Avengers. You know, Joss is hit or miss with me. If it's if it's good for me, it's really really good. If it's bad for me, it's horrid. You know, that's sort of where I'm at with Jossine. So that may have been why I was just not amped on Agents of Shield and was going, "I'll see where it goes." Yeah. And, and then I just never got around to it. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, next on my list of things that I don't like that everyone else seems to like is Fast the, the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, 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 nope, nope. I nope. saw the first one, and that was enough. Um, I don't hate them. I just, it's not something that I want to continue to watch. I, 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 I tried to watch it. The first one. I got halfway through it. I'm like, ah, no. I'm, no. This is stupid. Stupid. Like, the whole premise is stupid. <laughs> like, is this, like, a movie about, like, a, a car heist, essentially? It's, like, point break, except with cars. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, yeah, I can see that. It, it's not, it's not my favorite. It was alright. Yeah. No. I, and I, I know many people who love those movies dearly. I am not one of them. It's just not. I, I action fix for action flicks for me are usually. I, I don't get into them. I'm not a huge action movie type of fan. Like the ones I like are like Lord of the Rings or the MCU. Those are those are my action mm-hmm. films. But like you know the old classic ones in the 80s and 90s that everybody loves so much i'm like nope don't care so like you're bad boys <laughs> and you know a pretty much any nicholas cage movie from the 90s um or um like chuck norris films or any of them i don't i don't like any of them like any of them and the fast and the furious film franchise pretty much epitomizes the height of these type of movies. They're, the whole point of them is that there is a paper-thin plot that strings together a bunch of action scenes that somehow look cool on a movie screen, and I'm just sort of like, blah, blah, boring over it now. <laughs> yeah. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I am ambivalent to Fast and Furious. Yeah. If you're going to have action on the screen, you better have a goddamn plot. Yeah. I have a character I care about. Yeah. Like Mad Max. That was great. Mad Max is the depends on which Mad Max it is. Like I like uh I think I, I like uh certain ones better than others. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh yeah, they're not all great. Oh, what about John Wick? Did you like John Wick? I have not seen John Wick. <sighs> for it. the very reason of I don't like action films. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, it's so good. What's it um, about? It's a guy no, who's let's, an, let's who's into re- that, who's a, an assassin and is they killed his dog and I'm like why do I want to watch this Let, shit let's set some reasonable 
reasonable expectations of this movie. It is a silly, fun action movie and with there, Keanu Reeves. There, ergo, I will not ever be interested. <laughs> I love Keanu. I love Keanu a lot. I just, I don't like silly, fun action movies <laughs> at all. Like, period. That's kind of like rom-coms, and I'm apparently a weirdo for that. <laughs> you know, rom- I get it, though. I don't like every rom-com. Like... I just don't like most of them. <laughs> like, some of them are just stupid. And then there's some that are classics. Like, I like When Harry Met Sally. I'm like, that's a classic, but... I don't like it. But... <laughs> like, honestly, uh, pretty much every single one. Where people are like, yeah, I get it. They're not all good. But what about this one? Nope, didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I... Most of them aren't good. But let's be honest. Most of them are not good. Yeah. They're just... Yeah. I I can't even tell you when was the last one I actually saw in a movie theater. Maybe Bridget Jones, one of the like not even. I think the, I the last first Bridget Jones. Wait, <laughs> that's a long ago. I I I don't even watch like the I can't even think of a rom com that I watched in a movie theater. Period. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think the last romantic quote unquote movie that I watched in a movie theater was Titanic. So I'll never let you go, Jack. That's how how little I watch romance movies. Although um, there is like this nostalgic part of me that will always love Ever After. <laughs> you remember that? I loved Ever After, right? It's, it's sad but true. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I watched that so much as an angsty teenager. Yeah, and I still have. I still like it. I'll still watch it and cry and have feelings. Yeah, I think it's... it's I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched... I don't even think I watched a rom-com on video in the longest time. It's that bad. Like, no, wait a minute. I watched Love Actually, which that's cute. Um, but it's it's Richard Curtis and it's weird and quirky. And that's why I watched it more than anything. It's not that it's a rom-com, but it's just this weird, quirky British humor, which I'm into. Yeah, I haven't watched it because it looks like something I'm not going to like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Another thing I didn't like that everybody else seemed to really love was uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't watch it. I I watched the first episode and I went, this is dumb. Yeah. No, I think I watched more than one episode, but it's just, I don't know. It's so weird to see these soap opera-y things with, like, it's apocalypse and zombies want to eat you, but my wife cheated on me with my friend. Yeah, I know, right? Seriously? It's like, there is, like, these warlords forming over, like, resources and you're more upset that your kid's not talking to you. What? Right? Yeah, I just, I can't get invested in the character's problems. Because of all the times where you want to be like, dude, first world problems, it's when you're complaining about shit like that during a zombie fucking apocalypse. I know, right? I just, I can't buy it. Can't buy it. Can't get over it. I don't like it. I know a lot of people love it. You know, I I never watched it for the basic reason that zombies just creep me the fuck out. And then you go, but Jen, you love Game of Thrones. Yes, but those were ice zombies. Not only that, the zombies weren't, they, they weren't <clears throat> prevalent through the majority of the show. Like, they yeah. were kind of there in the background, and and at first you weren't really sure, and then yeah. when you were sure, you didn't see them a lot, so. And then when you saw them, oh my god, it was freaky as hell, but 
it, yeah, like, not every episode was about zombies, and it was Walking Dead, it's like, zombies, they're there, they're, 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 they're on your doorstep, and you see them all the time, and they're coming in, they're eating your brains, I'm like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, yeah, Walking Dead was just not a show that I was ever interested in seeing, and yeah, I watched Game of Thrones, and it had zombies, but I'm like, but, you know which one I was really surprised to be met about because I thought I was going to love it was True Blood. Huh. Did you ever watch it? Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to love it because vampires. Sexy vampires, too. <laughs> but, eh, I just, I couldn't get into it. It's funny because we have a mutual friend who just finished all the books, like, in quarantine. She reread them. She's like, oh, I love them. I'm like... I had, like, no... And I love vampires. I had no compulsion to watch the show, read the books. I did read the books. They're all right. Um, They're all right. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, they're the best vampire books ever, because they're not. But they're good. They're entertaining. They're all right. Yeah. I don't know if I know what the best vampire books ever were. Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, I, I do like some... Uh, many of the Anne Rice books, but not all the Anne Rice books. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... I we have a friend who does a podcast just about vampires, and she she has opinions. Mm. She takes the shit very seriously. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm just like, I like vampires. They're cool. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, I think as much, I've read a number of vampire books. I haven't read all of the vampire books, but I've definitely watched way more movies yeah. than I have watched, uh, read books. I have opinions on movies, but... Um, <laughs> Like, I finally saw, for the first time since I was very young, um, the Hammer Dracula. Uh-huh. And that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I was like, oh, this movie's going to be wonderful and cheesy and wonderful. And I forgot that one of the main characters in there was played by Alfred from the original Batman with Michael Keaton. <laughs> nice. And I was like, why do I know this guy? I mean, he was an actor who's in a zillion old movies, and I love old movies. I watch a lot of old classic movies. Um, I, I'm a TCM fangirl, but um, his name is Michael Gow. And <laughs> I was like, why do but I know the way he's speaking? And, like, why do I know this dude? So I Wikipedia him. I'm like, no shit, he was Alfred! Although, you know which book I really want to read? Because um, I've heard really good things is Carmilla, and I can't believe I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, I don't think I've read that one yet. Right? And it, it does seem to be on the, like, top lists of the best vampire books ever, and everybody's yeah. read it and has opinions on it. And Yeah, I need to read that one. Like, yeah, like one of those. I mean, I've read Dracula, obviously. Yeah. And I like Same. Wild Blood, Dracula. Yeah. Who hasn't read Dracula? Yeah, I read an interview. I read a lot of the um, the Lestat books. Yeah. I haven't done Bernie the Vampire either, so, which is, like, old school, but, like, 19th century. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I haven't. I need to. I need to be better about it. But, you know, books are sort of like television shows and movies. I know, right? <laughs> the list. that My book list is even worse than my TV and movie oh, list. Oh, my God. I it is imagine. even worse. Like, as we're... Speaking, I have three books stacked up on my desk. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to read these this week. Yeah, I have books, and then I'm like, but look, here's some fan fiction. 
And you, uh, think, you guys think I'm joking. Oh, no. While, uh, while we were getting ready and I was waiting for Mo to get settled, I was checking out an archive of our own. I'm so just saying. I really do have to, like, take breaks on fan fiction, though, because sometimes the canon gets really mixed up in my head. And I'm like, wait, did that actually happen? Or was that in a fan fiction? Fuck, I gotta go reread these books. <laughs> you know what's funny is, so I I have written and still do write fan fiction. I will never tell you what my handle is <laughs> in a zillion years. But if you know I like X-Files and you go in Archive of Our Own, you can probably figure out which one was me. <laughs> I, wrote the, uh, I wrote ones that involve stories for every season. That was me. Um, you'll, yeah, you would probably find me. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, there were people who would read, like, particularly the X-Files ones and go, I thought this was canon. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I made that shit up. And they were like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I try to limit fan fiction reading to only a few here and there, because otherwise then it just, my yeah. brain gets jacked up. Yeah. Although, you know what's really funny? I haven't written fan fiction in years, um, but I wrote a lot of excellent fan fiction. When I, this was way before the movies came out, so I needed some fan fiction in my life. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because even to this day, I still get like likes on my fan fiction, and I'm like, wow, people are still reading this, huh? You know, there's... Like, it's... This is... I mean, I wrote these in my early teen, early 20s, late teens. So we're talking 20-ish years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And people are still reading it, and you're like, damn. Right? I haven't gone back and reread it, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be cringy, because... <laughs> I wrote a Star Wars fan fiction right after... Well, not right after, but pretty close after um, Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. And I still get likes on that shit. Like, still. It's still, like, super popular. And um, it was something that was going to turn into a bigger piece, but it, it, it ended up only ever being that one story. I at least will go back and read it going, you know what? That wasn't so bad. <laughs> and I move on. But, um, but yeah, no, uh, it's, uh, I, I will never knock anyone for fan fiction. Like, yeah. Ever. Cause it's, it's one of it. It's been one of my favorite creative outlets. Not only that, as much as we're talking about the things that we don't like, do your thing. Do your thing. We're yeah. not going to judge you for liking this shit. There are things like people will do in fan fiction. I'm like, oh, that is, I just, why are you doing that thing? That is, and then I'm like, you know what? Just do your thing. Yeah. You go write your fan fiction. I'm sure there's... those people that I would never ship in a million years. You go do your thing because sure it makes you happy. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of things that I like that people are like, oh, why do you like that? Oh my god, yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so on my don't like list that many people seem to like, uh, or or at least like debating. This is like the most common argument I will see on the internet. So many fanboys, so much video. So much ink has been spent on this one stupid argument. Stupid argument. I can't understand why, but they, they love to have this argument, and it happens all the time, and it's like every week there's a new video, and I'm like, this is a dumb argument. Why are we still having it? it is the DCEU-MCU argument. Who's better, DCEU or MCU? Who's got the better characters? Who's got the better villains? Who has the better movies? Oh my god. 
why did Marvel, why is Marvel doing the movies better than DC? Is it a conspiracy? Are they paying people to like jack up their like ratings? Are their movies really better than DC's? What did DCEU get wrong? What did MCU get right? What did DCEU do right? What did MCU do wrong? Honest to God, shut the fuck up already. No one cares. No one. Like, no one. No one. Yeah. Well, and why does it matter? Why does it matter? Like, does does liking the MCU mean I can't like the DCU or vice versa? And apparently it does. Right? Like, and <laughs> I don't know. Do? It's just, it's such a weird argument to have. Like, yeah. and what happens if, like, okay, I changed your mind and now you hate Marvel movies, so now we're both miserable? Like, what do you win out of this argument? You know, and I even thought about it, because I'm a huge football fan. I love uh, American football. I'm a Kansas City Chief fan, and my team just won the Super Bowl. Um, I have been a Chiefs fan for, like, most of my life. I have a friend who is a Titans fan. I have many friends who are Raiders fans, and I feel sorry for them. Uh, But it's, it's sort of these things, like, one of these things, like, when you love football, it's, like, you just, this is a sport that's designed to be divisive, and yet everyone else seems to figure out, I can like my Chiefs, and you can like your Titans, and you can like your Raiders, and you can like your Chargers. Well, let's be real. Most people figure that out. Some people do not. That's true. However, this DCEU-MCU rivalry, this is, like, this is like Michigan State and Ohio football. <laughs> this is like... Well, and this is definitely something that... It's been around since before the oh, movies, okay. though. Like, even like in comic book shops, <laughs> there would be nerd fanboys arguing over the pool boxes about why DC has better comics than Marvel or why, you know... This is why Batman's a better superhero than whoever. And, yeah, nobody... What like why guys? Uh, what, it's mental masturbation. Yeah, like what are we gonna win? What what do you win if if somebody's like, okay, you're right, Batman's better. Are you happy now? And I hear the stupidest arguments like, well, what if Batman were to take on Galactus? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, that's dumb, and second of all, why? When is that ever going to happen? But okay. apparently, it's important to you. So something that was really fun, um, Marvel and DC every now and then do cross book crossover events right and they did this one where the two universes merged i didn't actually i haven't read it but i've seen all the characters and oh my god the characters are so cool yes the amalgam universe that's it thank you oh my god they are so fun like i love the the amalgam of the characters those are fun characters i like i I, there's also one i guess where where the avengers meet the justice league or something (laughs) and i'm like oh my god I didn't know I needed to have, like, Tony Stark and Batman facing off to get against each other in my life, but I really totally do. <laughs> I really need that shit to happen. Oh, that's funny. That's okay, because I loved, like, I didn't read the whole DC Marvel crossover, but I loved, I remember there was one that I picked up and went through, and the Jubilee and Robin were the ones who met, and they spent, like, the whole time trying to, like, fuck. <laughs> and it's like, dude, really? <laughs> All these other characters are like, it. yeah, they're like, all these other characters are like, we must kill each other. And they're like, hey, with sexy eyes. Like, hey. <laughs> hey. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it's just an argument I've never understood. And yes, 
let's be honest. When you look at the two movie franchises, without a doubt, hands down, Marvel has won this. If there was a war, <laughs> if there was a bat, and I don't think there was, Marvel won the war. Sorry, guys. After, like, 23 movies and, like, 13, 14 billion dollars. Yeah. And rave reviews, and never having a, a a really truly bad movie. They've had some some like not as good movies, but still pretty solid movies. Like I would say, Thor: The Dark World's the worst one of theirs, and it's it's still okay. Not yeah. like great, but it's not horrible either. I mean, that's a testament to the MCU and everything they did. Great, wonderful. Um. I'm much more interested in other arguments having to do with this. Well, and not like that, but Marvel doing good doesn't make DC bad. Exactly. Like, it's okay for Marvel to do good, guys. It's okay for one of them to do good and another one of them to do good. That's fine. Um, DC has had some good movies in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, And maybe they're never going to put together a DC cinematic universe the way Marvel has done. And, and that's fine. They can do their own thing and put out their own movies. Um, it, Wonder Woman's a great movie. Uh, I haven't seen Aquaman yet, admittedly, which is sad because I love me some Jason Momoa. But, um, like, and as much as I do not like Joker, in fact, Joker is on my list of things <laughs> that everyone loves and I hate. Uh, and Joker was a movie that was itself ambitious and unique and different, even if I hate it. Um, but it's it's still very DC, and so DC is finding their own way, doing their own thing, and um, and they don't have to copy Marvel, and one of them doesn't have to be better than the other, and yep. you know what? Uh, it doesn't. If one is making more money than the other in the box office, who cares? Like that, it's really about people telling stories. Are you telling a good story? Are you telling making a good movie? Are your characters engaging? That's what I care about. Yeah. And whether it's a DC movie or, or a Marvel movie, I don't care. And the argument's stupid. It's shut up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely, it's a tired, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pointless argument. Like, why? Why are we, why are we arguing about this? Why? What do we gain out of it? The YouTube clicks? I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. But All right. I know I just need people fired up. I need to see Batman and Tony Stark. Like meeting, and this would make me so happy. You know what? Better yet, it's I need a whole video on how it should have ended of just Batman and Tony Stark, <laughs> not just like live the little like clips that they have done. I want a whole goddamn video of those two, <laughs> and it will be amazing. And if you've not seen how it should have ended on YouTube, go watch it. Yeah, it will make you so happy. They're they're, they're fun. Those are some fun little. Did you see the latest Villains Pub? No. I gotta go watch it. Yeah. But I I love I love their stuff. It's so fun. Yeah. And it's it, fun. And I, that's the other thing too. It's like poke fun at the things you like, guys. It's okay. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Like every every single movie that I like had some spots where I'm like, mm. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. There's no such thing as a perfect work. Nope. I love Lord of the Rings, but there are parts of that book where I'm like, oh my god, Tolkien, I get it. Tom Bombadil. Seriously, Tom Bombadil. Just some of the things, like, he just kind of goes on a little too much. 
The fact that he is totally a product of Edwardian English society. I mean, some of those battles went on for, like, literal chapters. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm over this battle now, please. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and especially when it's nothing but battle description. Like, nothing else is happening. Like, there's no character development happening. There's no plot yeah. movement, really. It's really just a description of a battle, and I'm over it. Yeah. But I still love Lord of the Rings. They're, they're great books. Yeah. And, oh my god, the movies are amazing. The movies were amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah. But even the movies, there's points of the movies where it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. There were some things the movies did that the, the weird thing where they were like, let's make Arwen a badass, but now put her back. Yeah, either just have her always be a badass, or just always... Or leave her, her how she was in the books. Yeah. yeah. Like, do one or the other. Why, don't make her a badass, and then be like, but sometimes she's okay with staying home, and... Yeah. And just waiting for her man to come back from battle. Which is it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a little frustrating. Yeah. But overall, great movies. Great movies. I love them. Yeah. I love those movies. I rewatch them every year or so. And yeah, same. They're just so good. Yeah, so what else you got on your list, Jen? Cause oh, yeah. So, I, I actually ran out of stuff because I'm like... Oh, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so Tiger King's kind of the thing oh, right now. Oh, yeah. I have no desire to watch that. I have no desire to watch it. Um, I honestly... I. I grew up in redneck country. <laughs> I know a lot of characters. Many of them probably could be on that show. <laughs> I don't really need to watch a Netflix show to get Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I saw like part of an episode because somebody else was watching it and I was like, mm, I have no desire to watch this. I, you know what? Beyond the like, and I have strong feelings about people keeping exotic animals. Yes, pets. I have very strong feelings I, about that. that. That drives me crazy, and yeah. I hate it. And so, and and as much as the show is supposedly trying to like bring it to light, blah blah blah, they're glorifying it. Yeah. So that's also a reason that I just kind of refuse to watch it. I, I mean, yes, everyone on that show is batshit bonkers. <laughs> Everybody on that show, like. Everyone. But I feel just kind of like it's a little dirty. I don't know if that's a good word of, you know, these are people who are horrible human beings. All of them. (laughs) And yet Netflix is presenting them and kind of, it's sort of like watching a train wreck. Yeah. You know, you know it's horrible, but you're fascinated, and you keep watching it, so that, in a way, it kind of glorifies the train wreck. Right? This is one of the reasons why I don't like reality TV. Yeah. Um, Because it it does. It kind of glorifies, like, the worst aspects of human nature sometimes, you know? And, and yeah. I'm like, it's just, it's so much hot shit bonkerness. Yeah. And, like, why do you want to, like, revel in that? It's, like... It's the same impulse people have when they're like, hey, let's make fun of the neighbors across the street because aren't they weird? You know? Yeah. No. It, it just, all of it just feels gross. And then they're making a, a a film out of it, I heard. They're trying to get Nicolas Cage to play, like, oh my God. Joe Exotic. And I was just like, what? And no, let's just stop. <laughs> just stop. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean... Nicholas Cage would be an inspired choice. I won't deny. <laughs> but it's yeah, why why are we doing this? I yeah. Don't know. I'm not, not a 
I have no interest in that. Not a fan. Um, and then um, Stranger Things is on my list. Again, if you know that I don't like D&D, Stranger Things should probably not shock you. Um, I also do. I tried really hard, guys. I did. I tried really hard on Stranger Things. You know what's funny, though, is um, I've noticed a lot of people have said that. They're like, I, I like Stranger Things. I do. But, like, uh, I have a lot of friends who they tabletop roleplay. They play D&D and they just didn't like it. Like, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. So it's it part of it too. I think is because I did not grow up with, I didn't have a normal eighties childhood. <laughs> like I didn't grow up with Stephen King movies. I didn't grow up with uh like uh, the the sort of eighties like horror tropes mm-hmm. that get played a lot in Stranger Things. I was actually surprised that I liked it because of that. Because I hate horror movies. I am. It's horror light. Yeah, it is very horror light, but it it does play into a lot of those horror tropes, and I am a big scaredy cat. I I mean, like, I've watched a few horror movies just because, like, they're classics, and I want to watch them. Like, um, what's the Romero zombie movie? Oh, um, Dawn of the Dead. Or... Yeah. Like, I watched that one, and I watched 28 Days Later. Yeah. Um, I've watched The Shining. Which, I, I love that movie. <laughs> It is a good movie. Um, but yeah, like, and honestly, I watch these things in the middle of the day with all the lights on with people there because if I'm by myself, I'll, I'll cry. And then I still have bad dreams. So, like, watching horrors is, like, traumatizing for me. So I watch, like, maybe one every, like, couple of years. <laughs> I'll watch Fair. a horror movie, and then when the trauma's finally gone, I'll spend the next year recovering, and then I'll watch another. Yeah. Because, yeah, me and horror are not friends. Well, Stranger Things, for me, I just... And I think... And I had this whole conversation with a friend of mine. Part of it was that I, I didn't grow up with any of those trips, mm-hmm. right? But my parents did not allow me to watch those kind of movies. I didn't watch most of them until I was an adult. And I was like, well, this is dumb. Um, but my first introduction into that that kind of genre was X-Files. And X-Files was an amazing show. <laughs> so, And I'm crazy about it. Um, to this day, I'm still crazy about it. Um, well, Stranger Things, I would get into it, and I'm like, but they did this exact same in X- thing in X-Files, except better. <laughs> and I can pinpoint whole, like, episode arcs where I'm like, but they did that in X-Files, and they did that in X-Files, and they did that in X-Files. So it was just to the point where I was like, well, why am I watching this? I'm not enjoying it. Um, I, I it's just it just wasn't for me. It was yeah. not for me, and and that's fine. It's not to take away from the show. Um, I I know it's its own thing. It it people love it. it great. I'm happy for you. Just not my cuppa. So yeah. sorry guys. Not not a Stranger Things fan. Um. And then uh, I brought up Joker already. It was not a movie that I loved. 
I haven't watched it yet because I just, it doesn't look like something I'm going to like. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. And that's most, most of my friends who know me and know my taste in movies and blah, 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 tell me the same thing. They're yeah. like, yeah, you're not going to like it. No. They're like, it's a good movie and you'll appreciate it for the good movie that it is, but you're not going to like it. So I just haven't. I wouldn't even it. say it's a good movie. I'll be, I'll flat out say that yeah. you can at me all you fucking <laughs> want. It is not a good movie. I will say it is Joaquin Phoenix in there is an amazing tour de force actor. Mm-hmm. That's the reason you watch this movie. Okay. You watch this movie to see Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> you don't watch this movie because it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a movie that it, it, it the, the weight of the movie is carried on Joaquin well, Phoenix's and sh- shoulders. The other thing that makes me like not really want to watch it is the general consensus that I heard is that it did not need to be a Joker movie. No, it didn't. And, Absolutely did not need to be a Joker movie. And it's movie. one of those things, and this is the thing that bothers me about uh, book adaptation movies too, mm-hmm. is if you're going to make a movie based on a famous work, character, book, whatever, you need to make it based on that. Don't make your movie and then... This whatever movie you want to make, and then slap a known character mm-hmm. or a known book series, and force that into it, and pretend that that's what you, that you're making an adaptation because you're not. Yeah, you're making your own original movie, and you're trying to get a fan base, yeah. and that's a shitty thing to do. And that's really what this was. It was, it was the angry. It, it's it's the, it's sort of like an it playing on those 1970s angry white male with some sort of mental instability. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies. It's like Robert, like a uh, taxi driver. It is a modern day taxi driver. In fact, Robert De Niro is in the movie. Um, and there's a lot of symbolism behind that. Um, it is a modern day taxi driver uh, of that sort of discontent with society. Um, and it does bring, highlight some very serious things that we really do ha- deal with. Like the fact we have no infrastructure for mental illness or for um or to take care of people who are finding themselves in that situation how there are no there are no options given or resources given to the poor and the indigent and they get taken advantage of and they get treated shitty yeah i know that that all would make a great movie you try to make a political statement and then knew that you weren't going to be able to get that made, so you slapped Joker on it. Yeah. So you can have them make the movie you want. Yeah, and that and that's what's not cool. And that's something that... <laughs> I have I have a thing with uh, adaptations, and that is one of the big things that I don't like when movie adaptations do that. Like, yeah. If you want to make your own movie, make your own movie. Don't, ho- don't ride the tailcoats of a fan base. Because it's easier that way. Yeah. It, I just, I have a hard time calling this a Joker movie. Yeah. This is not the same as, as, um, um, my brain just died. Yeah. Uh, Brookback Mountain, uh, Heath, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Um, this is not the same as Heath Ledger's Joker. That Joker is Joker. Well, and there's lots of different takes on Joker yeah. the character. There's lots of different ones. I mean, God, go back to the 70s. Joker the TV show. Oh, yeah, Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is like, like again, I can't, I can't speak too much because I haven't seen the movie, but from everything I've heard, people are like, this isn't a Joker movie. It was obviously they wrote yeah. this movie and then they went, let's call him the Joker so yeah. we can make some money. I, and that's my point. Heath Ledger yeah. was playing the Joker. 
I feel like that what they presented in Joker was a movie that was a particular movie, a t- particular kind of movie, and they made and they just happened to call him Joker. Yeah, he is not the Joker. Um, that said, that is not to take away from Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. The movie's awful. And, and I feel very passionately about that. Like, if you have a movie where your main actor is is amazing, but the rest of it falls short, you have a shitty movie. Yeah. That doesn't take away from the actor or their performance. There's many an actor who's just been amazing and just acted the crap out of a role in a bad movie. That's a bad movie, but he was good. I mean, he was amazing in it. So, yeah. No, it's a bad movie. And you can at me, and uh, I give, <laughs> see my field. There are no fucks in it. I give none. So now that Jen is no giving. fucks to give. <laughs> now that Jen is giving the role the double bird. <laughs> this, this is my this is my opinion on this movie, <laughs> all of you. Um, and then I think the last thing on my list that I had that I don't like that would probably make many people upset is, I am not a fan of either The Office or Parks and Rec. And I tried watching both. <laughs> I tried watching the British version of The Office, uh, as well as the American version, as well as Parks and Rec. It's not a style of humor that I appreciate. That uncomfortable, mm-hmm. cringe humor, cringe humor. Yeah. I do not like... Yeah, I tried Finch watching um, Parks and Rec, and there are moments of it that I find funny. The problem is, is that, like, the rest of it is kind of a drag. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And The Office, I liked, but I haven't finished it, honestly, because I got really tired of the will they, won't they. So, I yeah, it gets on my nerves. And it felt... Yeah. And, and that one, too, had a lot of cringe humor, and that did get annoying after a while, so... Nah. It, it's alright. It, it's, it's very uncomfortable for me, because many of my friends... Are like I love Parks and Rec. In fact, I I binge watch it once every month, and I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> I don't like it, and I just kind of I feel like somehow my my zennial millennial I don't know even what group I fit in anymore, but my my card cannot be punched because I'm not an office Parks and Rec fan. <laughs> and here's the thing: I love John Krasinski. I love Steve Carell. I I love most of the cast of Parks and Rec and their individual things. Like, obviously, Chris Pratt has gone on to do all sorts of crazy things. Um, Aubrey Plaza. I'm getting my my characters mixed up. I'm like, which one was in Arrested Development and which one was in Parks and Rec? (laughs) It's late, guys. But, you know... A lot of the actors and actresses I've seen in other things where I really love them. Nick Offerman. God, I love it. Nick Offerman. But it, I I don't necessarily love Parks and Rec. That's just, it's, it's just where I'm at. Um, that said, Arrested Development, who got a shout out from me. I love Arrested Development. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I, my humor is weird. Humor is just weird with me to begin with. Like comedy, humor is so subjective, though. Yeah, like I, there are things people will love that I just never did. Like Friends was not a show I loved ever. Um, I just I, I remember thinking these people are the most like entitled, self centered <laughs> assholes on the planet. Yeah. Um, I watched Friends, but now going back, I just, I can't watch it. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't like it anymore. I, I don't know if I liked it then. I can't really remember that well, but maybe yeah. I just never really liked it. And I kind of just watched it because it was on, but I, I definitely do not enjoy Friends now. Yeah. Like some of my favorite comedies, actually like British comedy, like I love Monty Python and yeah. Blackadder uh, is one of my favorite comedy shows. Have you watched the IT time. crowd? I've watched the IT crowd. I yes. love the IT crowd. Oh my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, yes. Yeah, I love that. Oh, and then the actor in the IT crowd plays one of the vampires now. Uh, what we do in the shadows, shadows, and he is amazing. Yeah, you have to watch the show. I love it. I think yeah, Taiko Atiti is pretty much dialed into my sense of humor. Yeah, but like if you want to, well, under- and that's the thing too. Like, cause think about like the type of cringe humor that there is in Parks and Rec in the Office, and then the kind of uncomfortable, but not I wouldn't call it cringe, but it is a little uncomfortable in like what we do in the shadows. But, like, it fits with the characters. You know what I mean? Like, these are, like, hundreds of years old vampires who obviously have a huge disconnect. Yeah. So, it's silly and it's fun. And that's why I think that's more funny. Yeah. Than the other shows where it's, like, why? You should know better. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, these are These are, like, supposed to be normal adult people. Yeah. Why are you acting like this? It doesn't, like, it, it's, it really does feel more like a character yeah. as opposed to an actual person. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's why... Yeah, because I, I agree. The humor is not as fun. But then you'd look at something like this where it has an aspect of, like, uncomfortable humor, but mm-hmm. in a different kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Tiger with is amazing is the, the bottom line yeah, for that. Absolutely. But, um... No, I, uh... I've always told people, if you want to understand my humor, watch Blackadder. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God, Mo. I'll have to watch it. I have to make you watch this. <laughs> so the whole concept of the show is you have this utterly despicable... It, it takes place... There's four seasons, and each season's a different time period in history. And it's always the same group of characters, but different time periods. So you kind of are supposed to believe, like, they're the, the, the descendants of the first one. Okay. Right? Um, and, uh, Roland Atkinson is in it, Mr. Bean, uh-huh. which I don't like Mr. Bean, but I love Blackadder. It is my favorite all-time comedy of all time. And he plays Blackadder in it. And it's, he's, he, it, 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 the level of comedy is just hysterical. Um, uh, the, the whole ensemble cast is just funny and it has some of the best lines, like, I still will just uh, go around randomly saying, saying, I have a plan so cunning you can pin a tail on it and call it a weasel. Um, which, for me, is hysterically funny. Um, it's just, it, 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 you kind of have to watch it and yeah. see like like all the shenanigans they get into. But it also has the best ending of any show ever, ever. Because the last <laughs> series was about World War II. And so they had all these shenanigans where they're trying to, like, get out of the war and, you know, get out of having to fight. And then um, the last episode is the fact that they're they're getting sent over. Uh-huh. And all their all the plans and all the tricks none, uh, has all been for naught. And, um, the mo- and the most poignant line was Rowan Atkinson as Black Adder looking to uh, Baldrick, um, Tony Robinson. Uh, or, or Tony Robbins, excuse me, and um, he uh, looks at him and he goes, you know, it's foolish of me to try and 
uh, tried to pretend that I was, uh, to try to pretend and get out of this by saying I was mad. Who would notice one more madman in this place? And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then they have this poignant moment of them going up over, and you know that they die. And then there's these filled of puppies, and I'm crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was loving this show, and now I'm crying. What? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's such a good show. And that, if you want to understand my humor, watch Blackadder. It's from the 1980s. You can find it pretty easily. It's a BBC show. You will you will pretty much snort liquid through your nose every time you, you watch it. Because it's just so funny. Um, I think the second series is my favorite with um, Miranda Richardson as Queen, as Queen Elizabeth. And it's... She's just absolutely bonkers. It's amazing. Um, so go check it out. Um, I feel like we've done a Ooh. lot of like, hey, there's things I need to add to my list. I know. We should, should have like a like you know watch party and like <laughs> right. all the things. All the things. Because <laughs> the reason why we haven't watched them is because we have so much free time, right? Oh, so much free time. We should do just episodes of the podcast where we're like, we're finally watching that thing. Right. <laughs> finally. Yeah. So. Well, I think that brings us to an end of this week's podcast. Yep. I think uh, I think we, we've covered our things. Um, so don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias at NGTOTW on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, blah, 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 blah. We also have a website, Nerd Girls Take on the World. Yeah. If you have suggestions for us to have takes on, send them our yep. way. We take any and all comers. Yeah. Like this tonight's um, tonight's topic was given to us by our mutual friend who we were like we don't know what to talk about give us an idea <laughs> yep so. so yeah yeah shoot us an email we'll check it out maybe we'll talk about a thing that you've suggested yeah um and we always love hearing from you yeah exactly it's fun um so yeah i've been mo i'm jen and never be afraid to take on the world bye bye